our first shot is of a dirt road. The growth of leaves have finally erupted on the trees that are sidelining this road. There is nothing else. You might hear the chirp of a few birds, maybe the low call of a creature. Could be a cow, could be something else, off in the distance. But what we finally hear after a few seconds is the rumble of a yellow bus coming towards the camera. After that, after the rumble of the bus, we hear from the open windows coming from on the left side of the bus, we hear, I would die! And the right side of the bus, you hear, For camp die! I would die! For camp die! And then as the bus kind of goes over the camera as we like see the undercarriage of it and we flip around and now Brandon, very important, the sides of the people cheering switch sides. (laughs) We are seeing the yellow bus just barely, barely getting under the covered bridge of the entrance of Camp Diogenes. And we know it's Camp Diogenes because of the large sign over the covered bridge that says Camp Diogenes, do what you say Be what you do. Oh, that's so good. In between the name and the motto are four images. One of a dog's paw print, one of a pine tree, one of a stone wall, kind of a three by three stack of offset stones, and finally the sun. And then, uh, of course, Fortunate Sun plays like we're in a Vietnam movie. (laughs) (laughs) And that is when the title card comes on screen. Join the Party presents The Camp Pain, Episode 1, The Icebreaker. Yay! 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 For camp die! I would die! For camp die! All right, sports fans, summer campites, and people who like being outside, I am your humble keeper, monster friend, and camp counselor, Eric Silver, and we're starting a new campaign, baby! Eric, what's a keeper? Is that like a dungeon man? Yes. Is that is that like a goalie in a fictional sport, which I've always thought was the sexiest position available on that team? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what Amanda said. It's the thing that Amanda that makes said. sense. I am the keep the lore keeper, the monster keeper, Ooh. and uh, that's where weekly we're going to address the monsters. So instead of our GM or DM, I'm gonna start calling you RK. Ooh, interesting, bold strategy. That makes it sound like Eric is a party drug, and I'm kind of into it. <laughs> <laughs> or I can call you our special K. Your choice. Even more like a party drug. With like red party berries. Drug. I just, Julia, you took it right out of my mouth. I come with berries. There it is, <laughs> red berries. Yeah. 
Real red berries. <laughs> Real red berries. Now, you might have heard in these previous episodes that we were doing Monster of the Week, a different game system that we did before, which was the one with the Dungeons and the Dragons. Don't worry. We are going to go back to that uh, maybe when we do something, when we do something else. But for now, we are going to play this. We are also new to the game system, and I've spent quite a lot of time trying to teach this to myself, teach it to our players here, and to make sure it is accessible for everyone to understand. So uh, if you don't know how to play Monster of the Week, that's fine. We're, we don't either, and we're going to <laughs> make sure to do it with you. And if you do know how to play Monster of the Week, wonderful. We're very excited to play a Powered by the Apocalypse game, um, which I think really does fit the podcasting boom of tabletop RPG media, especially Monster of the Week, which is literally like a Monster of the Week TV show. So we were comics before, and now this might as well be Supernatural or The X-Files or Gravity Falls in my head. So into it. Something that the audience may not know about Mr. Brandon here is that Supernatural was his favorite TV show for a many years. What? <laughs> I didn't know that. I started watching Supernatural day and date of the first episode, like Whoa. Wednesday at seven when it first came out. Wow. Was there in front of my TV watching it. Watched it on the premiere date and time for like a decade, maybe. Wow. Brandon, I have a question and is it's like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. No, I loved it. I mean, I was very sad at the finale, but I won't spoil anything. And I won't tell you why. <laughs> and as bisexuals, Julia and I have just a bone-deep connection to the X-Files. That's true. Where life goals or wife goals is Mulder and Scully. So couldn't be more excited for this one. <laughs> I'm also a huge Gravity Falls fan. So mm -hmm. these are all yes. things that we love. Yeah. Gravity Falls and Over the Garden Wall, but for mm -hmm. summer, are my two touchstones here. Yes. While also pulling from Supernatural and X-Files as well. So I'm very excited for what we have in store here. Oh my god, so tasty. Mm -hmm. The first thing we're going to do, since this is our first game session, we are going to do some scenes after this. But the first thing that I would love to do is to have each of you introduce your characters. We are going to follow the way that you're supposed to introduce your characters in actually Monster of the Week. Um, this, you're supposed to do it before your first episode. No one else does this. People play for fun and don't do it in episodes. So before your first game, you would do this. Uh, so we're going to go around and everyone's going to introduce their characters. So first we're going to start on the uh, playbooks, which is what we call them. We call them playbooks. We don't call them classes. On the playbooks, there's like a getting started section. So we're going to do the, kind of the look section uh, as we, we meet each of our characters. Well, I'm so glad that you opened this episode, Eric, with the yellow bus hurtling down the dirt road because the person leading that chant, who's been leading it for the roughly 90 minutes that the bus has been driving. Um, when the, it picked all the kids up at a Denny's parking lot. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I was going to say Applebee's, <laughs> but Denny's also totally true. Um, Everyone put your breakfast fast <laughs> casual restaurant, family-oriented restaurant in here. Ever since the pickup location, Carrie Ann, Marigold Price, <laughs> has been leading this chant. Tears streaming down her face, looking out the window and inhaling the breeze like her life is just beginning because for her it is because there's no life outside of camp. There's no identity without camp. There's no purpose. There's no goal. There's no reason to live if not for camp die. Oh, hey, Amanda, do the first letters of Carrie Ann Marigold Price spell anything? Uh, they sure do. They spell camp. And 
if you were to point out that on her birth certificate and her school records, her middle name is Rose, um, she would say, you're a liar, because who would give their kids the initials carp when it could be camp? So it's another flower, and it's a marigold, and her name is Camp. It's been written in the stars, people. She is going to be Camp Die One Day. Amanda, can you spell Carrion's name and what are their pronouns? Yes, uh, C-A-R-R-I-E dash A-N-N. That's her first name, Carrion. Marigold, like the flower. Price. P-R-I-C-E. Uh, she is a young woman. She's 13 years old. She's a strong body. She's wearing kind of um, thrift store clothes. I would put it somewhere between archaic and unfashionable here in the playbook because everything, everything in her wardrobe, it's like she's she's cosplaying as a student for the rest of the year. Everything she is and does is about camp. So lots of like cargo pants, cargo shorts, uh, utility, like socks and sneakers, and a huge collection of vintage t-shirts that she has straight up stolen from pool sides and lockers and lost and founds over the years of her time at Camp Die. Her entire summer wardrobe is Camp Die shirts throughout the ages. Oh, yes. I I like the idea that, like, there's always some combination of those four images, but it's in some various orientation of them with different types of fonts yes. indicating what year it is. They, like, updated the paw clip art to include nails one year, and she's a bunch of pre-nails <laughs> shirts that she finds really, uh, really satisfying. She thinks she's cool, and that's enough for her. Incredible. <laughs> Probably towards the back of the bus and not as enthusiastically screaming as Carrie Ann is, is Phoebe Cooper. P-H-O-E-B-E. Cooper. Like the job. Phoebe Cooper. I love it. Phoebe Cooper. Thank you. God, Julia. Shout out to the people who got the pun. Uh, Can you just give me a second? Just hold on one second. Fuck! <laughs> Damn it! If I don't make a character's name that is some kind of pun, I've made a mistake here. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> What's the pun? D.B. Cooper was the guy who jumped out oh, of yes, the plane. Oh, yes, yes, okay, okay, yeah. thank you, thank you. <laughs> he stole a bunch of money. Excellent. She, her, she's sitting at the back of the bus and probably has, like, a very big backpack full of fantasy books sitting in the seat next to her. Not another person bag full of books. Julia, can you give me the titles of three of those books? Sure. Um, the Owl's Messenger. One. The Salts of the Sand. Ooh. Perfect that you did the format. I was hoping for that. <laughs> and then, Eric, remind me what the name of the fictional book series that you came up with was. Oh, Nights Collide. And Nights Collide. <laughs> three. Oh my God, incredible. Perfect. Effortless. Stunning. She has kind of like mid-length mousy brown hair, darker eyes and is like medium build for her age. Again, like a 13-year-old girl. Uh, She's wearing like a too new, too blue denim jacket over a graphic tee that says Springfield Library Reading List. And then it's just a big owl with a big thumbs up (laughs) and like khaki shorts. (laughs) And she is having not the best time on this bus. Last year, you know, she definitely had a bunch of people around her chatting and all of that. This year, kind of sitting by herself. And things are weird, and she's just glad to be at camp because maybe things will be less weird at camp. Maybe. I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) Across the aisle from Phoebe DeBeebe Cooper, you see a boy who maybe looks a little bit too old for his age. 
if that makes any sense. Like he was cast in a Hollywood high school TV show? Exactly, yeah. Frantically shave his stubble between takes. (laughs) There's real strong Martin Starr and Freaks and Geeks energy. It's like, (laughs) this child is six foot five. (laughs) And has too many muscles for being so skinny. You know, that kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Very odd. But this young man's name is Les Proenek. L-E-S-P-R-O-E-N-N-E-K-E. Pronouns are he, him. And he is wearing very functional clothes. He's a very functional man. Kind of frumpy. Lots of like earth greens and browns, earth tones. He's got like nylon quick drying pants that are convertible into shorts. Naturally. So good. (laughs) Perfect. And like a polyester light hoodie that's rainproof. And his, uh, next to him, you see his hiking backpack and you can see sort of like a rain shell for that hoodie popping out of the backpack. And you can also see his pretty ugly but very functional hiking boots in his backpack because he's wearing his Jesus strappy sandals that are hiking <laughs> sandals. And uh, always just, just, you know, it's probably, what it, what is it outside right now, Eric? Like, you know, 72, 74? Oh, yeah, for sure. He's definitely wearing a beanie, and he always wears a beanie. <laughs> Natch. And he is reading a book titled, if you were to zoom in on it, The Book of the Dam by Charles Fort. Incredible. All right, we got Carrie Ann, we got Phoebes, and we got, I'm already nicknaming you better, better cool. and we got Les. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Well, now that we know each of our characters, I think this is time for us to talk about our playbooks and to talk about our stats and moves. So again, playbooks instead of classes. Um, Now, everyone go around and we're going to talk about our playbooks and what kind of like archetype of this particular medium that we're playing that kind of tell that is for you. Yeah. So I am playing the initiate playbook for Carrie Ann. And the description on my playbook is, since the dawn of history, we have been the bulwark against darkness. We know the evils of the world and we stand against them. So the mass of humanity need not fear. We are the flame that cleanses the shadows. And this is the melodrama and sense of responsibility Carrie Ann feels toward camp die. There is nothing she wouldn't do for it and no rule she wouldn't follow or break in order to protect what she finds highest and dearest to her, and that is preserving camp against the forces that would take camp away from her. (laughs) I like how this is supposed to be like you part of a monster fighting society, and we're like, no, it's for camp. (laughs) No, she's self-elected. There's no one else except for the staff members for whom this is a summer job. And uh, Carrie Ann shows up more serious than any child's ever been about camp and making camp happy. Yeah, so what we're going to do first, and we're going to talk about our stats. So the first thing you do is for Monster of the Week, uh, once you figure out what your your person looks like and what your playbook is, you pick your stats from a list. You do charm, which is what you use to manipulate someone. There's cool, which you use to act under pressure or to help out, to help someone else. Sharp, which is to investigate a mystery or read a bad situation, kind of the perception and investigation of Monster of the Week. Tough, which is kick some ass or protect someone, self-explanatory. And weird, which is what you use to use magic or some other like 
unexplainable circumstances. Intuition, something like that. Exactly. So we're going to get into that shortly. So Amanda, what are your abilities? And then we'll talk about your moves. Yes. So Carrie Ann's charm is zero, is flat. She's okay at manipulation. Cool and sharp are both one. So she is uh, pretty okay at acting under pressure, helping out, investigating a mystery, reading a bad situation. Negative one to tough. Not, uh, not the person you want to call on to kick ass or protect someone, but two to weird. And like Eric said, normally that has to do with magic, but we are going to be using some alternate moves from Tome of Mysteries, Brandon and me specifically. So Carrie Ann's weird move is going to be to trust her gut, consulting my instincts about what to do next. So that's plus two to weird. Yes. And when you do that, you kind of like read out exactly what it is, and we will be sure to read out those moves as it happens. Amanda, what are your class-specific moves? What does the initiate get? So the initiate starts every session by basically getting like a side quest from my sect. So the administers and the staff members of camp, when I'm in good standing with them, I roll plus charm at the beginning of each session. And if I get a 10 or above on my 2d6 roll, they give me useful information or maybe some help in the field. If I get a 7 to 9, they give me a mission, a side quest associated with the mystery. And if I do it, I'll get help or information. But if I miss, they ask me to do something bad. And if I fail, or refuse an order, I will be in trouble with the sect until I atone. So that's my first move. Secondly, I have a sacred oath binding myself to a single goal. And I have to forsake something. The examples they give are anything but bread and water, alcohol, lying, sex. Think about like classic atonement. And then when I keep my oath and work toward this goal, I get to kind of mark experience quicker. So my oath is no rule breaking. I follow the letter of the law because... I don't want anything on my permanent record preventing me (laughs) from getting the full-time camp counselor and eventually camp director position that I have forecast for myself by age 22. Come on, people. (laughs) so early. (laughs) Finally, I have a mentor. So the director of camp is, uh, uh, willingly or not, my mentor. Um, I can (laughs) contact them for info. And then helping hand. So I have kind of like extra buffs when I help out someone else in my party. And then finally, in terms of my gear, I have a big uh, ring of keys that I've pilfered, stolen, and copied from staff members throughout the years. Um, that yes, I that use, is a we- it's a weapon. <laughs> that I use as a weapon, like a picture keys between my knuckles that I can punch somebody, and uh, a flare gun, uh, which I have for help or for shooting uh, as a sort of medium-range missile at people nearby. Hell yes. All right, Julia. Why is Phoebes having such a hard time? So Phoebe's playbook is the spooky, which is... I can do things, things that normal people can't, but there's a price. I haven't paid it in full yet, but the bill's going to come due soon. It's best I don't tell you anymore. You get too close, you'll get hurt. No, but Julia, read your characters. (laughs) Oh, sorry. That was just like me, like monologuing about my life and my choices. Julia, Uh, we're recording. Why are you talking about yourself? I don't know. I just felt like maybe you guys would want to hear the monologue that I was planning on doing for an open mic night. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That seemed cool, right? That's good. That's good. But yeah, um, this is very much the like mysterious force has given me powers and probably comes with a cost. I feel like it's the warlock of Monster of the Week for our D&D fans. And yeah, I I get some really cool and interesting stuff with that. But first, let's talk about my ratings. So Phoebe has a negative one to charm. Oh, no. (laughs) A negative one to cool. Oh, no. no. Plus two to sharp. Plus zero to tough, but we'll get to why that is later. And plus two to weird. I'm sensing a theme that we're all pretty weird. We're all pretty weird. We picked weird playbooks, guys. We did it. No, but are our characters weird? (laughs) Nice. Nice. Also that. (laughs) 
If you do it a third time, it's comedy, Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you're weird specifically. So the reason why we're doing different types of weird is that Julia can do magic. Yeah. The spooky, it gives you magic powers. So the the move that you get is just use magic, which is a specific type of thing you get to do in Monster of the Week. It's like, I'm going to try to do something supernatural, and then you get to do it. Yeah, exactly. And I have some really cool moves that are specific to the spooky as well. So the three that I chose were premonitions, which is basically at the start of each mystery, I get to roll weird. And if I roll high enough, I get a detailed vision of something bad that has yet to happen. And I can add plus one forward to prevent it from coming true and mark experience if I stop it. On a seven to nine, I get a clouded image of something bad that is yet to happen, and I mark experience if I am able to stop it. And then on a miss, I get a vision of something bad happening to me specifically, and then the keeper holds three, which is basically a one-for-one penalty that Eric can dole out to me at any time. Sounds high stakes. I love it. High stakes. Uh, The other one that I picked, and because my weird is so high, is very useful to me, is the big whammy, which is I can use my powers to kick some ass. So I roll weird instead of tough, and that attack does two harm, close, obvious, ignore armor, which is great. But on a miss, I get magical backlash. This is some real, yeah, it is some real warlock stuff and that like you can't punch, but like your magic can punch. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very, feels very true. I sense some, uh, some like wild magic surge vibes and you know that's my favorite. <laughs> ah, you thought Brandon was chaotic in the last campaign. Wait until Phoebe gets out. <laughs> And then finally, I have Jinx, which is basically I can encourage coincidences to occur in the way that I want. I roll weird, and then it gives me different options depending on how well I roll, such as interfering with another hunter, helping another hunter, interfering with a monster, minion, or bystander, inflicting harm, having targets find something that you left for them, or having those targets lose something that you will eventually find. The magic in Monster of the Week is very kind of like... I don't know, like witches in like Bewitched or something, how they can just like do whatever. It's very like Carrie in my mind. Yeah, you know, Carrie Like as well. the classic Stephen King novel. We're, we're very much moving away from superhero stuff where you you can only do specific things as your powers. And you're like, yeah, Phoebe's magical. Yeah, that's just how it, how it do. Yep, yep, that's true. Cool. Yeah, so I think for my gear... My options were like all guns and then big knife. So I guess I'll pick big knife. (laughs) So Phoebe has like a kitchen knife because sometimes Phoebe helps with the kitchen and all of the the waffle making accessories, like the prep for the waffles. (laughs) I do love the idea that like they (laughs) you brought your kitchen knife from home because all the knives are terrible. Yeah, Phoebe's got a really fancy like Japanese folded metal knife that she keeps in her bag. And that's not weird. (laughs) I just learned how to fillet fish. (laughs) Is it me? Yes, Brandon, it's your turn. So I am from the Tome of Mysteries, as Amanda said before, I am the searcher. And my little quotation that describes my playbook uh, reads, There's still so much to be discovered and explained, even now. Perhaps only one event in a thousand is true weirdness, but I'll investigate them all to find out. But Brandon, what does it say on your playbook? (laughs) That's three, baby! That's three, it's comedy! We did it! So, Les's ratings start with charm at plus one, and then I have a minus one to cool, which again has reason, like Julia, and then a plus one to sharp, a zero to tough, and a plus two 
to weird. We're all big weirdos. Big old weirdos. So weird. This is so great. No one's tough. And going on to my moves. So my first move that I get is called First Encounter. One strange event started me down this path, sparking my need to discover the truth behind the unexplained. And I chose this one to be a cryptid sighting. So my event that I am using for less here is a, I'm going to say real, but uh, you know what I mean. Uh, (laughs) Event that a lot of people report. Uh, One specific person, I forget their name, but they reported that um, they were tent camping in the wilderness, but in this case, Les was tent camping in the North Cascades in Washington State around Stahikin. And uh, when he was sleeping, he had a run-in with a potential Bigfoot. Whoa. From the inside of the tent, you could see an open hand with an opposable thumb, mm-hmm. which is strange. And it sort of like hit the tent and sort of collapsed it down a little bit. Uh, and so Les crawled out really quietly, lit a fire, but it was gone by the time he got out, obviously. And for the next probably 40 minutes or so, you could tell something was probably out there but couldn't see it. But something did throw pine cones at Les while he was sitting there. Not the pine cones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did Les know that it smelled like Sasquatch booty? No, that's- Was that's, that a part of it? You're thinking of the stink ape. Oh, I, I got confused. Skunk ape, yeah. Skunk ape. No, stink ape. Totally different. Stink ape, stink ape is up in the, the northwest and skunk ape is down in the southeast. So that's exactly. How you know. Totally different. Totally different. <laughs> the mountain lobster of the season, you know. They have a similar ancestor, but they split kind of like 5,000 years ago. <laughs> it's the scent glands in the ass. That's it's, a pe- it's, where the, it it's where the scent glands are. Yeah. <laughs> And as a replacement for my weird move, uh, again, from the Tome of Mysteries, an alternate basic move is called No Limits. <laughs> when I push my physical body past its limits, I roll plus weird, um, and I get to do feats of physical strength. Um, nothing like supernatural. Think more mother who lifts a car off their baby with adrenaline. Less. Yeah. Yeah. You know, throw a planet or something. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that what is that what Guy Fieri does when he goes on a on a like road trip and then eats a bunch of I don't know quesadillas with onion rings as the tortillas? And as he's eating them, he says, "No limits." Yeah, <laughs> that's out of bounds. I roll a twelve, <laughs> <laughs> a thirteen. Guy, how'd you do that on two d six? Now, my final two moves, the first one is called Just Another Day, and this is what I was talking about with my ratings. When I have to act under pressure due to a monster, phenomenon, or mystical effect, I roll plus weird instead of plus cool. So I'd roll plus two instead of plus one, which is very helpful. And my final is called Network. I gain an ally group of others who had experiences similar to my first encounter. Perhaps they're a support group or a hobbyist club. And me and Eric decided that these will be the trippers. And Eric can explain what the trippers are. But in my head, their specialties include a caver, a diver, a boatman, a rafter, slash rafter, a photographer, and a botanist. I love a botanist. Yeah. I like the idea. We're going to get into it. But I do like the idea that these are all like... All of these are like college students who like did something fucking weird. It's like, yeah, me and my family go to caves. It's cool. It's what we do. We do uh, on spring break. It's We're fun. a cave family, you know, yeah. big spelunkers. <laughs> uh, Les is definitely that kid in high school that like 
seemed way too well put together and mature for a high schooler because he happened to have a hobby that was way outside of what anyone normally would do. Oh, yeah. And then that puts you into contact with other weirdos from other high schools across the state that do the same thing. Yeah. I felt that way about a girl that played double bass in band. Yeah. Where it's like, exactly, you, exactly. you know something I don't. Yeah. <laughs> hey, where's Les? I wanted to dance with him at the eighth grade prom. Oh, he's he's in the woods with Skunk Ape. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he's literally hanging off of a cliff right now on a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> smash cut. Smash cut. Smash cut. He's wearing a, a bow tie, which is very impressive. <laughs> and then uh, hit me with your gear, bud. Yeah, finally, my gear. According to the playbook, I get a laptop, a car, a motorcycle, a camera, binoculars, two sets of investigation tools, and one self-defense weapon. I am going to scrap the laptop because that's cheating. And then instead of a motorcycle, it'll be a um, dirt bike. Nice. Because I am a child. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then for my investigation tools, I picked cryptid hunting gear, which can include anything from a trap camera to plaster of Paris for making molds of prints. Cryptid bait, which I'm calling in quotations, uh, whistle grass, rope, etc. And then for my second tool, it's a historical documents and witness reports of strange events. And that is my copy of The Book of the Damned by Charles Fort, uh, which details many strange things. It's like an encyclopedia for strange events. And then for my self-defense weapon, I picked a walking stick, which is... One harm. The cool thing about the walking stick, that one's, we didn't like come up with that one. That one's in your playbook. What's the tag on it? Uh, innocuous. Innocuous. So like you can just have it at all times and no one will think that you like have a giant kitchen knife, for example. <laughs> Who would have a go. giant kitchen knife as a camper? That sounds mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, that's Seems wild. weird. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So I think we touched on this before, but everyone I think is 13 or 14 because the kids who are on the bus are young adults, in fact, because they are going from eighth grade into ninth grade. And uh, I, hey, you you guys want to come with me into the into Camp Diogenes? Yes, oh, hey, I do. Yeah. Jump into this book. It's not cursed. Here I go. It's a me. All right. <laughs> Campio. <laughs> Campio. Campio. This is all a ploy for Eric to get us trapped in his book. <gasps> yeah. I need your souls. And it's because I, my third twin is stuck in the, in the shadow realm and I need to get him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it. Fair. Yeah. You could have just asked. We would have volunteered. Yeah. I could just have all your souls. Damn it. Yeah. Mm. Shit. Should have asked. Well, at least we can do. Just polite asking, you know, yeah. you never know. <laughs> I got souls to spare. So, <laughs> Though I feel like taking souls is more of a like ask forgiveness than ask permission <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> True. Personally. You know, Julia, that's one of those things that you learn in your first job that they really should teach you in high school. Like talk about practical skills. That would have been really useful. I would need to learn how to do my taxes and I need yes. to know how if it's okay to take the souls yes, from my friends. I know. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, it's Amanda. As a kid, my family was one of those where we would like leave the you know baseball game an inning early so that we didn't get caught up in traffic, you know, on our way out of the parking lot. Or we would go to dinner at 5 p.m. instead of 6 so that we didn't have to wait in a long line. And that really stuck with me as an adult. 
such that if there's something fun happening in my city, like a festival or a parade, my first thought is like, mm, too crowded. I don't know. You know, what a, we're going to be lines like, no, thank you. But I have friends who are very good at, you know, convincing me to do touristy things to do stuff that is popular, but it's popular because it's fun. And so something very summer is taking the ferry over to Governor's Island here in New York City and experiencing a really amazing urban park and something that I probably would not do on my own. But you know what? Sometimes that half hour ferry line is really worth it. So today's midroll is brought to you by doing a thing that has a line because sometimes the line means it's good. First and foremost, thank you to all of our newest patrons, Eric McKay, Artemis Mish, Rachel Spencer, Rob, Sky, Allie, and Keith. We're so glad that you have joined the Patreon just in time for the campaign. We have put months and months of work into preparing this summer campaign for you, learning a whole new game system, and of course, teaching it to all of you as we go along. We can put that kind of time and effort in to join the party because of the support you give us on Patreon. We couldn't do it otherwise. We get to make a ton of exciting bonus content for you as well. Party planning episodes every other week, bloopers, character playlists, and of course, a thriving community of other Join the Party listeners in our patron-only Discord. There is nothing like opening up Discord the morning of a new episode release and seeing all of you talking about it. So if you want to join in on the fun and support the show and tell us that you are happy and excited about the work that we're putting in in the summer to come, please join us at patreon.com slash join the party pod. Now, with this episode, Camp Diogenes is officially open, and that means so is our merch store. That's right, people. As of today, you can pre-order your Camp Die hats, shirts, posters, and logo stickers, plus download a copy of that incredible summer camp theme song that was in the beginning of this episode. We are so obsessed with this merch, and Zoe did such a good job turning Eric's vision of the camp logo into a reality. You can get a dad hat with the logo embroidered on the front, an extremely camp vibe t-shirt. I can just see Carrie Ann wearing it, and now I am going to wear it as well. A spooky poster all about Camp Die. And of course, a vinyl sticker that you can put on your water bottle, laptop, cooler, basically anything you take with you on your summer adventures. Your Game Boy, I don't know, put it on there. Pre-order them now and pick up the theme song today at jointhepartypod.com slash merch. Did you know that Join the Party is part of the Multitude Podcast Collective? And I think you'd really like one of Multitude's other shows, Next Stop. This is an audio sitcom. It explores the turbulent time of your mid to late 20s when everyone's changing around you and you're a little bit worried that you might not catch up. Across the 10 episodes of its first season, Next Stop follows three roommates through work, relationships, friendships, and more. We watch them grow together as a unit no matter what life throws at them. It is so wholesome. It definitely reminds me of all those classic sitcoms I grew up watching, but there is updates for the 21st century. It gives you something to laugh at without punching down, which is a real Eric Silver special. And he indeed wrote and created it. It was directed and edited by Brandon, executive produced by me, and casted and assistant directed by Julia. Season one is out now, so search for Next Stop in your podcast app or go to nextstopshow.com. Perfect road trip listening. 
Today, we are sponsored by United by Blue. This is a clothing and outdoor accessories company that focuses on sustainability and ethical product sourcing. For every product purchased, United by Blue removes one pound of trash from oceans and waterways. That's the blue in the name because we're all united by the blue of this planet. They are my favorite place to shop for clothing and accessories for outdoor summer hangouts, like this amazing 32-ounce insulated water bottle that I use to bring cocktails to the park. Uh, There's metal straws or reusable utensil kit, a picnic blanket. There's so much to make outdoor summer hangs really, really comfortable. They're also a certified B corporation, which means that they stick to certain standards of ethics and sourcing and treating their employees, which is amazing. Check them out and get a special discount at jointhepartypod.com slash UBB. That's jointhepartypod.com slash UBB. We are also sponsored by NordVPN. This is an easy-to-use VPN, that's a virtual private network, that lets you browse the internet safely and freely. You can connect with just one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. Every time I use a public Wi-Fi network, I make sure my VPN is on. It is great for privacy and security. They have more than 5,000 servers in 60 countries, so you can either find a server near you for better speed or connect to a faraway location to freely explore the internet. NordVPN is the fastest VPN out there. Trust me, I have tried a lot of them, and they work on every major platform. Windows, Android, iOS, macOS, and Linux. Even your Android TV supports NordVPN. Very cool. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash join the party to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It is completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Finally, now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Life can be overwhelming, and a lot of people are burned out without even knowing it. Symptoms can include lack of motivation, irritability, fatigue, and more. I know I've definitely felt this myself. We associate burnout with work, but that's not the only cause. Any roles in life, whether that's being a friend, a family member, a caretaker, can lead us to feel burned out. And weekly therapy is one of the ways that I help deal with and prevent burnout in myself. And I do my therapy through BetterHelp because it is cheaper and more convenient to do than traditional in-person therapy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anybody on camera if you don't want to. It is much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash join the party. That's BetterHelp.com slash join the party. And now, let's get back to camp. Guys, we're back. We're back, baby. <laughs> we're back, baby. <laughs> All right. So I, I think 12 of y'all jump off of the bus, and you are the CIT class of this summer at Camp Diogenes. Whoa. Uh, CIT stands for Counselor in Training. This is kind of like the in-between, the liminal job you have between camper and staff member, which you are starting after ninth grade of high school and then going onwards, depending on how long you stay there. Carrie Ann, it will be as you stay forever. You are on the precipice of yeah. the rest of your life. Why are you, why have a weird tone? That's my plan. I'm, I'm the narrator. You, you can't me? talk to me. I'm narrating. Fuck. <laughs> Piss, shit, shit. So what you're supposed to do, you, you know the camp. You've all been campers here before. 
you hop out as the bus parks in the in the parking lot, which is next to the very large field that is kind of the central element of Camp Diogenes. And I think that you see a bunch of staff members who you recognize in the middle, and uh, the director shouts out to you and says, "All right, everyone, put down your put down your stuff in the CIT cabins, and then we're gonna meet back here in ten. You split up on the boys' hill, on the girls' hill, which is on the left and right of the camp, and you can throw your stuff down. As you walk by, you also see all of the other cabins for all of the other campers. You see that they're kind of like staff cabins where they hang out, and some of the specialty staff kind of all sleep together in that area. A lot of the counselors sleep in the cabins that they are assigned. And uh, here are the different cabin groups. So this goes from 8 to 13 or 14, depending on what grade you are. The youngest kids, uh, the 8-year-olds, are the Cardinals. And then there are the Orioles, the Goldfinches, the Flycatchers, the Kingfishers, and the Saberwings. Uh, <laughs> they kept getting cooler. <laughs> <laughs> I love kingfishers. I love them. You were all in Saberwing last year, um, and that is kind of your final camp. Wait, wait. Can I, can I just, can I ask? Okay, Brandon and Julia, on the count of three, we're going to do the Saberwing salute. Okay, ready? <laughs> let's, just, let's just see what happens here. Okay. All right, ready? One, two, three. Sisha! <laughs> there is a lot of hand movements quickly. It, wor- it worked. Okay, thank you. Combination of, of a bird and a sword, absolutely. <laughs> Living my childhood dreams. <laughs> it's important to notice the last time that a lot of you saw each other was at the last day of camp, Saberwing, I guess, special like event or activity, where we ended up going to the locks, which is something that we talked about in the world building, which is a little bit outside of camp. And you all, everyone got like a lock and they put it on, on a fence that was out there and they kind of wrote their name in a little, in a little note on there um and everyone was very very upset very sad they were also you were there all night so it was like 2 3 a.m and you're just like "Ah, i'm never gonna have friends ever again sort of thing we just kept singing as we go (laughs) one ukulele missing a string (laughs) (laughs) you're doing that and then immediately go into eighth grade like jesus christ (laughs) lots happening yeah there's a lot going on So you all throw down your stuff and you all hustle back to the main field, the center field, and you all sit down as the staff members here are going to kind of orient you because this is the first day of CIT week. This is before the campers show up and you kind of get a few days of like team building activities and like education. A lot of the staff have already been here. There was a staff week before this and now this is CIT week and then the campers are going to come in the next few days in kind of like next week next Monday, if today's Wednesday. So standing in front of you is the director. Uh, This is Director Lowe, L-O with an umlaut W. Uh, she's a five foot two white woman. She is pale and f- but flushed. So she's always like a little bit red. She's just radiating energy coming off of her skin and also just her general intensity. Uh, she has a round face and stocky, but you cannot push her over whether you are a person or a stiff wind. She is low to the ground, has a good center of gravity, and no one can push her over. That's really nice of you to say about me, Eric. 
<laughs> no, you're tall. She's short. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she's wearing a flower print button down, which reminds you of maybe your grandmother's wallpaper. She has so, so many lanyards on her neck. And she also has a keychain, which also has lanyards coming off of it, which is incredibly impressive. Uh, she's holding a clipboard, which is overflowing with papers. And her messy hair is kind of like pulled up into a bun. And there is a paintbrush and a yellow pencil keeping it in place. Incredible. Real Miss Frizzle energy. I know. (laughs) Standing next to her is a visage that you all remember because if you are out past your curfew, you do not want to see the towering six foot ten shadow lurking in the darkness. This is the assistant director, Melchizedek Nebuchadnezzar, but everyone knows him as Z. So you're going to spell that for us? What a fucking badass name. Yep. Oh, uh, my God. They're both uh, biblical names. I was so, just going to say, are those medieval demons, Eric? Those are both <laughs> biblical names. So it's spelled the way as it was translated from the Bible. Malchizedek is also the name that uh, Marquez gave his character in Join the Team. Beautiful. Uh, and I really, I just love that. And Nebuchadnezzar spelled as, again, look those up. That's what they spell like. But everyone knows, uh, knows him as Z because of the Zs in both his first and last <laughs> names. Head of activities. Uh, he's Latino with dusky brown skin. He has very, very thick black hair and a thick black mustache. He has a straw cowboy hat on his head and a checkerboard red and white button-down shirt. But everyone knows that the thing you remember the most about Z is his incredibly sharp incisors. Is he a vampire? Is he a werewolf? Is he just a guy who has sharp teeth? This reminds me of those uh, books that's like the the vampire who drinks lemonade yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Exactly. The, the Wayside Schools books? Is yeah. those yes, it? thank you. Yeah. As the assistant director, he is kind of like in charge of the kids. So he's technically head of activities. So like he knows the schedule. He knows where things are. And he's also in charge of like discipline as it is at a camp. But, you know, so he's the one who kind of does the rounds after curfew. Real the vice principal that runs detention energy. Oh, 100%, but for camp. Yeah. There are more people standing there, but we will get to them in a second. As you are all sitting down... Oh, Director Lowe's first name is Friday, but you are never, ever, ever, ever supposed to call her Friday. She is just Director Lowe to you. How many times has Carrie Ann called her Friday? (laughs) Once, and I will never do it again. Whoa! (laughs) Real, like, you said it, and then she whipped around at you and be like... Yes. On Friday, I am very excited about the pasta we're having for lunch. <laughs> yeah, I think it's when she like told me that I was, in fact, accepted as a CIT. And I was like, Friday, I'm so happy we're at the stage of our relationship. And she's like, that's right. Friday is pasta. We'd have pasta every Friday for lunch. You're right. <laughs> she's just like <laughs> giving you an opportunity to just like just ignore it. So uh, there are some other people standing up there. But as you are all as you all sit down. Director Lowe launches into her introductory speech and says, Hello, CITs! Hello. You're not birds anymore. You are CITs. It's incredible. Everyone, give give yourself a round of applause for, for being here. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie Um <laughs> Are we like sitting on benches or are we just like crisscross applesauce on the ground? Oh, crisscross applesauce on the ground. Excellent. <laughs> the first thing I want to say, as before we even start another summer here at Camp Diogenes, is that you are ready to take what we ha- embody here at camp and it is going to be part of your body. It is your, in your bones, in your brain, and you're going to impart that onto campers. That is your job now. 
Um, I want you to remember who this camp is named after by Diogenes, uh, the philosopher. He modeled himself on the example of Hercules and believed that virtue was better revealed in action than in theory. Diogenes taught by living example, and we should also teach by living example. There is an idea at camp called in loco parentis. Has anyone heard of this before? Does anyone know what that means? No. All right. Yeah. Uh, Phoebe, what does that mean? It means that, like, when someone's parents aren't here, we act as parents for the children. Exactly. It is a Latin term that means in the place of the parent. It is actually like a legal term that when we are counselors or when so, when when kids go somewhere without their parents, someone needs to be, be responsible for them. But that's the different about that's the thing that is different about not being parents is that we can give them experiences that they can't have when they're being watched by the people who literally created them. We are giving them an opportunity to be a little bit different. I don't know if you've heard of this, maybe on Tumblr, they love that, but uh, when, but once upon a time, Plato said that all men, the humans, were featherless bipeds. So Diogenes ran in with a plucked chicken and said, behold, I brought you a man. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is that we need to remember is that campers don't know what a human is defined as. They're figuring that out. And we need to give them the, the opportunities to figure that out. And eventually, through example, they will realize that you're not, we're not talking about chickens. We're talking about people. And that's the opportunity that, you are, that we are able to do. Does anyone have any questions before we begin? Before we, we keep going? This is an audio podcast. You'll have to say something about it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Sorry. Phoebe, like, very timidly raises her hand. Yes. So do we like actually have to pluck chickens? Like, is that is that something that like is gonna need to be done? Because I don't. No, I no, don't Phoebe. think an eight eight year old should be plucking chickens. Phoebe, personally. we're not actually plucking chickens. No, it was a metaphor. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, also, also, I I mean, are we gonna serve chicken in the in the in the mess hall? Because that that could be potentially confusing for them as they they mix the metaphors in their tiny little little brains. Um, I have some some proposed changes to to the mess hall and also other operations. Is that is this the right time to to do that? No, Carrie Ann. We'll we'll talk about this later. And Carrie Ann, please wait until you're called on. Sorry. Uh, yes, uh, Jenny. And uh, raising her hand, waiting to be called on. Sorry. Is Jenny two N's, two I's, because I'm double the fun and everyone likes multiple I's because I have two. Everyone knows that mm. about me. That's what Jenny says when she describes how to spell her name. <laughs> I have two, two N's for double the fun and two I's because I have two I's. <laughs> I love her. Uh, Jenny ha is wearing various shades of pink. She has a ton of freckles splashed over her tan skin as she must have spent a lot of time outside, uh, but she's white teen. Again, her outfit is just various shades of pink. Uh, there's like a mauve and there's like a dusky rose and like a pink shirt and like a bright pink hat uh, with a very high updo. As high of an updo can go through the back of that hat. And she says, Carrie Ann, that's a really great that's a really great thing that you posed, um, but I think that what we should really be focusing on is maybe uh, is maybe expanding the nature and ecology programs that we have here. I don't want anyone to get confused as well. But if we learn how to raise the chickens, then we'll be able to figure that that we'll be able to uh, make that a good a good metaphor. 
Yeah, I, I, I love that. Thanks. Sorry. Yes. You know, why, why are you saying sorry to me? I... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm so excited to be here. I'm also excited, too. I want everyone to know I'm also excited. Thank you. Jenny, <laughs> Jenny sits down. Is she another CIT? She isn't. Jenny is another CIT, yes. Director Lowe says, all right, now that there's no questions. And then you hear, I have a question. And oh, holding no. on to oh, no. Director Jesus. Lowe's hand the entire time is her <laughs> is her son, Boo Lowe. You've seen Boo running around over the last few summers because they are the, like a staff kid. Um, is he going to grow up to love IPAs? You got to tell us now, Eric. I can't, I can't tell you. Uh, <laughs> Boo has also a very round face and a chubby cheeks, much like his mother. Um, and he's constantly carrying around a watermelon rind. You've seen him have it no matter what as he has been running around and he currently has a watermelon rind at all times because he will hold it up to you and say, have a smile. I don't need this. Do you want it? The same one? Rough. Rough kid. It might be, it might be the same one. Oh no. All right. On my list, guys, of things we have to check out that might be enchanted. Uh, one, Z's teeth. Two, this watermelon rind. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's wearing overalls over like a very small Camp Die shirt from a few years ago. Um, the overalls have holes in the knees and one in the chest. <laughs> but still, you gotta, you just gotta keep wearing them. If it's yours, you can see like the shirt through the overalls. How old is he about? He is eight now. Oh, so it's his first real year at camp. This is his first real at camp, exactly. Wow. I have a question. Where am I sleeping? Can someone show me to my cabin? <laughs> I go to sleep at six. <laughs> I use up my energy fast. <laughs> Eric, why why is it taking you four years to role play a child? This is gonna be so much fun. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and his mom says, "No, we're gonna do this, Boo. We're gonna do this later. Don't worry. You actually, one of your CITs here will be able to show you. Uh, and also, you you actually already know where your cabin is because you were able to put it down when the staff were here. Remember? I know. I just wanted to ask a question for you, ma'am. All right, thank you. I appreciate that, Boo. All right, so uh, I think this is a great time to introduce the person who's going to be overseeing everything here. Uh, why don't you give everyone give a round of applause to Jane? Standing next to the the, uh, the two directors is uh, Matthew Jane. You might know you might have known him. He was staff for the last few summers, and he was at camp, so you might you might know who he is. Matt Jane. I had to look up this quote from Superbad because I was looking for how this is bodied. There was a part where like uh, Michael Sarah was talking about all this, all the people that Emma Stone's character had dated, and he's like, "He's the sweetest guy. Have you stared into his eyes? It was like the first time I heard the Beatles." <laughs> and that is how I you get the vibe from Jane. J A N E. J A N E. Matt Jane is Korean. Did I try to Google John Cho as a teenager? Yes, I did. So just try to envision that as your face cast. He shaved his head when he showed up to camp uh, a week ago, so it's starting to grow and it's a little prickly. It's the type of thing that, like, you know, when you were 13, you were like, can rub your hair through someone's head and you're like, oh, it feels so good. And also, you want to date? I wish we could date. <laughs> a camp dye hoodie over a tank top, very short shorts, and just a warm smile for all of you. And Jane says, Hey, it's so nice to meet all of you. Uh, you might have seen me around as a Kingfisher counselor for the last few years, but now uh, the, the director, uh, Director Lowe and Z and Boo have promoted me to head of CITs. 
So I am going to be here as your, I'm going to be here with you. If you have any questions, you have any ideas, if you want to bounce something off you, I'm here. I really want to make all of you grow this year. This liminal space that we have in between camper and staff, you're finally seeing that even being a staff member doesn't mean that we don't stop figuring out what's best for us at camp. Uh, that's why people are here are here for so long. Uh, you know, you, you get to be a staff member through high school, and then a lot of people come back when they're in college because uh, they they find something about Camp Diogenes that they they love and that makes them better. So I'm here to uh, help you find that in yourselves. Oh, really quick thing, I want you to start right now, before the campers show up. Don't call it Camp Die. We're gonna go Camp Diogenes. If we say it, then they say it. They say camp die. It's just, it's fine if they do it like when we're not around or if they, because they're kids, but you know, we really want to make sure to model that. Isn't that right, Tater Tot? And he leans down and he pats his border collie on the head. Black, gray, and Eric, white with like the no. blue eyes. Eric, I'd die no. for her. You can't, you can't give us hot teen. You can't, you just can't do this. You can't give us hot teen dog show and a dog. Yeah. This? this is a dog cast now, baby. <laughs> so when you just imagine when you say camp die and then Tater Top goes, boo! Just imagine that Tater Tot is barking you every time you say camp die. You just keep that in your head. Isn't that right? But, you know, Tater Tot, you wouldn't bark at anyone unless they needed, they wanted to, right? And Tater Tot immediately flaps on their back, and Jane gives them a big, big belly rub. <laughs> Don't worry, Tater Tot is available. This is an exclusive perk for all CITs. Tater Tot is here for belly rubs at any time. <gasps> oh, my God. Like, um, excuse me? Yes. Ugh, Carrie Ann. Um, can you, can you give me a more literal definition of that? Because, um, I don't, I don't, I just, I would rather know sort of the, the rules and limits. Um, director Lowe puts one hand under her forehead is like, oh my God, it's happening. It's starting <laughs> and like within reason. If Jane says that they're asleep or they don't want to be bothered, then tater tot is off limits for the time being. I'm sure you can ask Jane if that's the case. Right. And Jane says, I'm around most times. Do not try to pet Tater Tot when I'm asleep. Okay, thank you. Yes, that's very helpful. Okay, yes. Great. Okay, so I think that we're going to get more into camp philosophy, but I know that all of you know each other, but a lot of stuff might have happened to you while you were at school. So we're going to go around and we're going to play Two Truths and a Lie as a quick icebreaker for all of you. So does anyone want to go first? Who wants to introduce? To start to introduce themselves? Dead silence from all of us. All right, you know what? Let's um I'll just pick someone. How about um Doug? Why don't you go first? And he says, Alright, okay, that's fine. And uh, you turn around and there's just like You knew Doug when he was a camper, but like this dude is seven inches taller than when you last saw him. Oh bud. Uh, hey, I'm Dougie Juice. That's what I want you to call me this summer, if that would be all great. I'm Dougie Juice, and nice to meet all of you. Um, two truths and a lie. One, I grew, like, six inches over the year. Two, um, I, I, I one time drank three bottles of Mountain Dew in a row, and by bottles I mean like the 64-ounce ones, and three, 
They know me at the supermarket as the kid who buys all of the Oreo cakesters that they have at a time. So they put it aside for me. So which one is it? Which one do you think is, is a lie? Did you actually, like, did you grow more than six inches? I mean, like, is that your guess? Is that That's is that my guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I second that. It's probably the Mountain Dew one, I think. Oh, Les, you fucking nerd. You don't think I could drink all that Mountain Dew? Wrong. Did it. It was great. It's actually, I grew seven inches. So the other people were wrong. I could, there you I go. could tell it, the extra cool. inch was there. No. Yeah. Carrie Ann fist bumps, Phoebe. Great. Dougie Juice switches his hat from backwards to forwards and backwards again. Me like, all right, I introduced myself. Great. So you're about to catch a Pokemon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Director Lowe says, hey, uh, Doug, Dougie, Dougie Juice, don't call us CITs nerds. Okay, fine. Sorry, Les. I shouldn't have called you a nerd. It's cool. It's, it's totally fine. Okay, so I can call you a nerd? I l- literally don't care. Les, don't let him call you a nerd. That's Great. Okay, so... good to know. Okay, Thank you. Okay. I, everyone heard his consent. I'm going to do that. He, he actually likes that. That's good. All right. Does anyone else want to, does anyone else want to uh, introduce themselves? Yeah, um, I, I can go. I um, Hi, uh, Carrie, Carrie Ann. Um, okay, one. Um, my, uh, my initials spell camp. Two. Whoa. I um I found <laughs> on eBay with my new debit card a vintage um, Camp Diogenes uh, handbook for staff from 1970. I brought it with me. It's in a waterproof bag. You can um, you can read it if you want, but I will need collateral. Um, wow, that's and really, really specific. Third, what, like what kind of collateral are we talking about for that? Something as precious to you as it is to me. Oh. Um, and third, I have. Uh, tattoos of um of all the birds um of the cabins. Yeah. So I, I think it has to be the tattoo one, right? Because like yeah, I don't it, think legally anyone's allowed to give you tattoos as a thirteen or fourteen year old. It's almost it's almost certainly the the tattoos ones. Yeah. Yep. But I will one day. That's just my dream. That's that's super cool, Gary Ann. Yeah. Thanks. Great. Thank you. <laughs> Director Hello is just like, oh my God. Uh, uh, all right. Yeah. Does anyone, anyone else want to go? Uh, hey, Conway, you're, you're kind of quiet. Do you want to say something? Conway is sitting with, with an oversized black hoodie on jeans that might be one size too large from them. From the little that you can see of Conway, and you've always known this about Conway, is that Conway has green skin. It's just like a little green. It's a little tinted green. And Jenny says, um, I will be able to, I can do this for Conway. Don't worry. I don't, Conway doesn't want to say anything right now. Um, so I'll be able to, I can help. Um, and Conway gives like a thumbs up to Jenny. Conway's got real big trans energy, and I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Jenny says, okay, here's this is, for, this is for Conway. One, Conway has green skin because they ate too many asparagus. Two, and it's like when you eat too many carrot and you turn orange, it's like that, but for asparagus. Two, Conway has three sisters and three. Conway has green skin because um, they're part plant and they have chlorophyll inside their body. So 
Um, at least, at least two of those are, are wrong. So I don't. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be one of the green skin ones, right? Like, yeah. Does, does asparagus I, do that? I no, feel like if it was it asparagus, then their pee would smell really bad, and I feel like that's a thing that we would know. So, why would one, you know what their pee smells like? It just feels like a thing that would come out. Conway, do you want me to say what your pee smells like? And Conway shakes their head no. <laughs> I think I'm just saying. That's I'm just fair, saying. honestly. That, that's my guess. It was the chlorophyll one. Oh, so it was the asparagus. Okay. It was the asparagus. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's what happened. That's, yeah. that's what happened. I don't think that's right. Um, I just Con, wanna... sorry, I, sorry I brought up how your pee smells. I'm sure it's normal. This got weird. <laughs> 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 okay, le- le- yeah, great. Le- Les, why don't you go? Can you? Why don't you do your truth, two truths and a lie? Yeah, I can go. Uh, yeah. Hi. Um, yeah. My name is Les. I'm excited to be here. Is that one of the truths or a lie? <laughs> no. No, that, that's just my that's that's just my state of being. Um, one. Uh, I've climbed. Uh, Mount Elbrus. Um, two. Where is that? No one knows where that is. Dougie, Dougie, can you let let Les continue, please? Thanks. Um, I've climbed Mount Kinabalu, um, and Les, three. They're all about mountains. It's gonna be a little bit boring. I've climbed. Okay. Carstens. <laughs> uh, Two truths, one lie. I mean, did you not climb one of the mountains you said you climbed? Uh, that would be inherent in the game, yeah. The middle one? If you would like to do a roll, you can. <laughs> if you would like to make a move. I'll, I'll roll sharp, I guess. What move What move do you want? Uh, I want to investigate a mystery. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> First roll of the game, baby! Alright, so it's 2d6, and then I add my... You add your sharp, yes. So it's a plus 2 for sharp for me. Yeah. No. No, I got a five. You got a five? <laughs> can I help you? If you want. Can I, like, stare into Les's eyes and have him repeat the three names? Yeah, why don't you, you can use help out. Okay, so I roll cool to see if it works. Okay, so that's a five plus one for a six. Sorry, Julia, I failed. It's okay. I got a mark experience. Um, I've never heard of any of these in all of the books that I've read, and so Phoebe's just like, mm-hmm. the middle one. Yeah. All right. Well, both of you fail, so you both mark experience. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> what does that mean, Eric? So when you fail, like in all monster, in all powered by the apocalypse games, the way that you get experience is by failing, uh, by missing your rolls. So here's the thing: I get to do something against both of you because you both failed your rolls, and you kind of expose yourself to that. And I think we're doing great. And I think both of you, like get, <laughs> both of you, as you said, you got up to try to get less to say it into your eyes. About what it what it is, and both of you like have gotten up and are staring at Les. And I think this prompts Assistant Director Z to say, "CITs should know when it is time to speak, and when when you need to give one of your fellow staff members the opportunity to talk." Sorry, sorry, sorry. Les, which of these mountains was the tallest? Um. You have to make Brandon Google. <laughs> Brandon J. Google more like. Well, um, can you tell it, me in descending order from tallest to shortest? Well, unfortunately, it's it's irrelevant because uh, 
Mount Elbrist is in Russia, so I can't go there. So. I choose that one. See? Yeah. Only by engaging someone else in conversation, you are able to deduce the answer. That is something that both of you can, both of you can learn from as, we are, as you are going to be staff members. Carrie Ann pulls out like a, a waterproof like reporter's notebook and writes deduce and underlines it four times. <laughs> Phoebe just shrinks into her little denim jacket. Uh, that was weird. Um, Phoebe and Carrie Ann, I, I thought you guessed well. Um, thank you. Thanks. I don't, I don't thanks. know what. Thanks, Wes. Thanks. There was nothing wrong with your guesses. It was a hard. It was hard. Jane's watching, so thanks for helping me save face. You look up, Jane is not watching. Jane is petting Tater Tot and scratching Tater Tot under the chin. I'll keep an eye on the two of you. Okay, let's... Uh, Jenny, you've already said... Uh, you. I guess you've already gone. Just Phoebe, would you like an opportunity to go? How about you? Let's. Br- what, what's happened to you over the last, uh, over the last year? To, just to, to clarify, I have the option of not going. No, no, you should go. No, you should go, oh. Jenny. Let's break the ice. Come on. What? Uh, what? Let's do a two truths and a lie about the things that's happened to you over the last year. I just want to say, no one got my break the ice, climbing mountains reference uh, oh, joke. Less, oh, that's, that's great. That less. was really yeah. good. That was really Thanks. good. It's really cool. Really. Thank you. G- hey, Jenny here with two ends and two eyes. Uh, Conway and I both thought it was neat. Thanks, Jenny. Uh, I appreciate it. It's going to be really funny that Jenny is like the, the mystical monster character and not Conway. I know. Conway just ate a lot of asparagus. What do you want from them? <laughs> um, okay. So this past year, I um, read the most books in my grade at the local library, and I got this cool shirt. Um, <laughs> is, it, is, it the one you're, is it the one you're wearing? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the it owl. Cool shirt. I like yeah. it. Thank She's you. really smart. Thank that, that sounds right. Um, I tried out for the cheerleading squad. Yay. <laughs> and um, I, uh, I, I got a B in math. Hey, I got a, I got a B in math, too. That, that's awesome. So I don't know if that's the truth or the lie, but like B, B twins, you know? B twins. Yeah. And, like, if, if you did try out for cheerleading, uh, that's, like, really brave. So, good job. Yeah, I'm going to say it was the... Uh, I'm going to say it's the B because uh, I I think you're way... You're too smart for Bs. I don't think you would ever get a B. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Maybe just, like, can't look at anything <laughs> staring at the ground. Thank you. It's definitely... Hey, Doug... <laughs> It's definitely the one with reading because that shirt is a not that shirt feels like a fake and you planned this whole thing to trick us during this icebreaker. Hey, uh, not everything is a, a conspiracy. I just want <laughs> some things are just true. The writers of this TV show are winking and high fiving. <laughs> They're high fiving each other in the writers' in room. the writers' room. Carrie Ann's fists are balled so tightly. As she stares at Doug with daggers in her eyes. Okay, because not that one. Fine, whatever. Fine, fine. Okay. Um, did did everyone guess? Which which one is it, Phoebe? I think it's B because us uh, bees get degrees. 
You're eight. You're eight years old. <laughs> Where'd you hear that from? I don't. I need to stop leaving the. I gotta. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, also C's, cause that also rhymes. But D's also rhyme. So any of those get degrees. Um. It. So it was. It was the B in math. I got an A minus. Yeah. Not too so bad. So smart. So smart. Could have been worse. A minus also gets degrees. All right. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true, Boo. I know. Phoebe, do you want this smile? You can have it. I'm so good. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Boo's chewing on it. Okay. Now that we've broken some ice, we are going to uh, give you some time to settle in. We're going to ha- meet all back together. Um, and kind of talk more about Camp Counselor philosophy. You're also going to get a chance to meet Springer at some point, uh, who is the head of food. Um, Here's another perk that you get at CITs. If you ask 48 hours or more in advance, you can requisition some sort of late-night snack, which is pretty cool. But just you got to make sure to, to, like, agree as CITs together. Like, the CITs all get one snack. So if you ask far enough in advance, that's fine. You meet Springer. Um... What it, um what is the sorry yeah sorry, uh, um what is the food I'm what is the food policy I I'm always kind of hungry yes they, they <laughs> the the mess hall is open at all times for CITs and older do not bother Springer when they are preparing the next meal but there's usually like bread and apples and and like nut butter. Uh, for you to have whenever you, you're ready, and if you talk to Springer, they're 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 working on on our lunch right now, so you you'll get a chance right. to talk to them later. Also, uh, all of you are going to be start thinking about what your specialties are going to be. If you want to be a one on a counselor track or one of the specialty tracks, like swimming, or uh, I know less specifically is doing the the tripping track. Those are the people who's yeah. doing the tripping track. The folks who take us out on our camping trips that all of the yeah. campers go out on. Um, it'll be fun. You should all, uh, you should all come. Badass, dude. Yeah. It's not, there's no, uh, it, there's no drugs or anything, of course. Oh, okay. No, no, I mean like tripping, you know. Oh. Uh, yeah. Like oh. I, yeah, it's a weird name, that but it's ass. not that. Uh, I, we, we run a clean, tight ship. Uh, Frankie did say that you were going to make that joke and Frankie wanted you to know that they say, haha, nice. She said that she was going to be neck deep in some mud and couldn't make this. I guess they were not, they meant that literally. So you'll, you last, you know, you know where to find them. So that's fine. But everyone start thinking about your specialties. And, um, you know, before we, we break, uh, I, I need to all show you something. And Director Lowe welcomes all of you to stand, and then they start uh, walking to the other side of camp. Just This is just Director Lowe and Boo by themselves. Uh, Jane and Assistant Director Z kind of peel off to do the other things they have to do. Maybe Howl of the Moon. Oh. Is that Tater Tot? Is that Z? Who can say? <laughs> Guys, do you, do you think this is where we finally get to see like the secret like inner sanctum of camp that only, only like, CITs and staff get to see? Is, um, is there a secret I don't, sanctum yeah, I don't, of I'm camp? I'm not sure if there is one. I don't mean to burst any bubbles, but... I mean, there's there's got to be, right? Like, there's got to be some kind of secret. I mean, uh, it I is think, a camp. They always told us the secret yeah. was fun. Phoebe? So, I It's a camp. Know. It's everything. Okay. 
So you guys kind of wind your way all the way through the big center field. You take a path that goes past the watering hole, the quarry that where everyone does their swimming in, which then there's like a little river, a little stream or spring that leads down into there. And you can see that the uh, the swim staff is setting up the new and improved water slide that they got from Action oh. Park. That they got from oh. Action Park. It has a loop to loop in it. Oh. Sick. Phoebe, we should we should go do that. Uh, Carry on. Let's let's do that next. Yeah, that sounds that awesome. Really cool. Then everyone is like gawking over it as as y'all as you walk by, and Boo says, "Come on, it's only a little bit further." <laughs> and you you walk. <laughs> Fucking love this kid. <laughs> you keep walking, uh, and you kind of go past this like outdoor auditorium. What would you call that? Like a band? Like what? Is, what is the fa- or something? Amphitheater is yeah. the word I'm looking yeah. for because it's Greek. Get it? There is an outdoor amphitheater with a stage. Which when it's nice out, sometimes they do the plays in there. If it's raining, they do the plays in the big gym, which is kind of on the other side of camp. But as you walk up the amphitheater, like past the stage, past all of the different benches, it leads out into the woods. And that is when Dr. Lowe kind of turns back around and starts like walking backwards and talking to all of you. I gotta work on my walking backwards and speechifying. (laughs) It's a a crucial skill. I hear it's like it it actually like exercises different muscles in your leg than walking backwards. Yeah, definitely. That's wild. I do love all of you as kids. This is so fun. This is great. All of you, it's so much easier to be positive as children. It's so fun. So, uh, yeah, you, you walk in, you kind of step through the tree line, and you're very quickly in the woods as Director Lowe starts talking to all of the CITs. So a big thing that you need to keep your eyes out for, and is kind of the responsibility of staff, is to figure out the boundaries of camp. You might have known that when you're inside of camp, you're not supposed to leave camp. Obviously, that's for the safety of the campers. But we also think about this for the staff as well. We only leave for very specific reasons uh, unless you're going out on a camping trip or you are going out uh, to the locks, which I know all of you were. And only the last few uh, classes of campers have been able to do. It's a new thing that we, we have been who we've put around. But there is a boundary outside of camp. I know the road that you come down, the dirt road, a fish hatchery road that kind of goes there. That's the boundary. And then at the front is the covered bridge. We have the wall. We have the, the quarry over on one side. And, but there is, the, there is the wall. And I'm sure all of you know about the wall, the wall that, that, that goes around camp. Um, and, yeah. we, we, and we told campers all the time that you can't go past the wall, even if you're running around in the woods. Right. Don't go past the wall, even if you're running in the woods. Exactly. That's that's exactly what we say. And we really got to come up with a rhyming one. Um, we can do better than that, I think. Well, we want to keep it innocuous because there is a reason why we have the wall in a fir- in the first place. It also it keeps it helps us in, but it also keeps things out. See secrets. <laughs> is this uh, <clears throat> uh, director? Yeah. Is this a secret? It is Are you letting us into a secret now? Yes. This is something that only staff know. And now that you are slowly becoming staff, this is something that you need to that all of you need to know. Karen, Karen right. I'm so sorry. Yes. Good, good, good call. I apologize. Yeah. Yes. And as you walk up to the wall, the wall, as we talked about in the world building episode, it is a stone wall. There's some mortar in some places, other times it's just stacked. The wall also is not straight. It kind of snakes and warbles and then takes curves in strange and different places or kind of the, around the majority of the boundary of camp, like 60% of camp, especially in the woods area, is surrounded by the wall. How tall is the wall? Uh, the wall kind of comes up 
to sort of like a British rock wall kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes up to everybody's kind of like midsection, like waist high on a kid. Yeah, waist high, thigh high on adult. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would say maybe even a little bit taller. Is that it's like it's kind of at everybody's midsection, generally. Cool. And as you get closer, Director Lowe says, "Well, the reason we have the wall is because of this." And you are now up a few feet away from the wall. And you see right on the other side is what I can only describe is a skeleton wearing sunglasses. Uh, what hey, the f- What? Hey, what? What is that? There is a six foot-ish skeleton wearing sunglasses kind of posted up in like a, like a beach chair or a camping chair just hanging out on the other side of the wall. The skeleton is also wearing an old 70s Camp Diogenes crew neck sweatshirt. Real loopy font, and the color is faded. Carrie Ann's fingers twitch. <laughs> Carrie Ann, you can't take a, a shirt off a skeleton. Right, right, That's yeah, like, I think, I think that, technically right. grave robbing. You're right. Some you're kind right, of cosmic right. law. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, there are also rips in the old sweatshirt, and you can see the rib cage inside. You also look down and kind of like jauntily crossed are the skeleton's legs, and the legs end in pretty large hooves. Oh my god. Hey, what? Is this like um like a a sort of scare tactic? Because I I heard about it in high school with the programs where they show you like about drugs. Is that is that what's happening here about leaving camp? Because I I already didn't want to leave camp. Like if, can I never leave camp? I know we've talked about it before, but like can I just never never leave? Have y'all um have either of you heard of the the devil's footprints? That have you heard of this? I think that might be the answer. I mean, I've no. heard of the devil. Okay, so everyone, this is Stephen. <laughs> Stephen. Stephen. Okay. Uh-huh. That, that was his name? Hold on. Hold on. Let me, before, hold all of your questions. And you also look around and you see that around the skeleton, around Steven, what looks to be like green, uninflated beach balls. You know, have you ever seen like a beach ball that is not inflated and it's just kind of like, it's just kind of like blob. sitting on the ground like there. It's like a blob. A but it's puddle. like, yeah, this is like, it's green and uh, with like dark green and light green stripes throughout it. And you see that the skeleton reaches down next to it and pulls something off of a vine that is snaking around what? the beach chair that he is sitting on. Uh, it is large. It is a si- bigger than any of your heads. And you see it's a watermelon. And Steven takes it and puts it up against, like, the skull face. And then it just starts to dehydrate. It just starts to crush and smush down and then all of a sudden it looks like an uninflated beach ball that the skeleton throws on the ground. Director, this this can't be, this is fake, right? This is a prank to make kids fall in line? This can't be real. But were you eating that? That can't be good for your growth. It's like coffee, it'll make you short. (laughs) (laughs) Now watermelons are delicious. Everyone knows that. Carrie Ann, does coffee make you short? Yeah. Oh shit. (laughs) <laughs> hey, a new group of CITs. It is so nice to see all of you have moved on to this new phase of life. So nice to meet you. I'm Steven. D- Steven, don't talk to the CITs. Phoebe We've raises talk- her hand. Yes, Phoebe. Uh, Steven? Don't, Phoebe, don't talk to Steven. I, I oh. just wanted to know how he can talk without a tongue. Well, here's the reason why, is that years and years ago, the gods blessed me with this power, and I just want to give it to you. If you want to learn how to talk without a tongue, just come on over here. I'm able to do this right now. 
Sorry, wait, I have, I have more questions. What gods and Hey, Phoebe, come on over power? here. I'm going to be able to show you. No, Phoebe, don't do it. Phoebe, don't do it. Don't do it. Phoebe, just hop on over. It's great. I'll show you all types of things. Don't do that, Phoebe. See, Phoebe, this is why we don't talk to Steven. Okay, so here, here's <laughs> what's happening. a lot of questions. Camp Diogenes is actually the first recorded summer camp ever. It was the for first organized area. It was the first organized homestead devoted strictly to teens and kids being on their own during the summer and having some sort of education as it's happening. I know that we, we've, we've bragged about that on the, in the brochure. We've told that to your parents, but that's actually true. That's 100% true. And ever since the camp started so many years ago, this guy's been lingering around. And Steven grabs another watermelon and pulls it off of a vine and then starts sucking the, the juice out of it. He's, he doesn't always spend all of his time here. He kind of roams around. Lots of folks know him. You might have heard of him as Beelzebub or Coyote or uh, he's just a satyr. He also got a starring role in those, you know, Lions and Wardrobes books. So you might know him from those. Oh, my God. This is Mr. Tumnus. Oh, yeah, I, there was a big guy with a, with a big beard telling me about, uh, that some fellow named Jesus who would just, we talked for a while and, uh, I guess that's what I ended up with. I never underread the book. I don't have time to read. He's also one of the, you can also hear he's one of the, they've known him as one of the horses of the apocalypse, any of the, but Wait, we, sorry, hold on. Oh my God. Well, read just, just hold this, uh, Phoebe, all of your questions are going to be answered so soon. But recently, he just said he didn't have time to read. I feel bad for him now. <laughs> Phoebe, why don't you come over here and you teach me how to read? I don't know. I, I was lying. Phoebe, I don't do know that. how to read. Don't do that. And I just need the help of but someone to do that. Phoebe, picture the watermelon as heads. The watermelons remind me of heads. And that's what he'll do to your head. Phoebe, I'm telling you, stop talking to Steven. <laughs> so, recently, you might have remembered, as campers, you've heard it talking about, maybe you've heard us talking about Steven, or maybe you haven't. It's actually a name we've given to what's going on here. Because it's easier to say we have to go talk to Steven or do something with Steven than say whatever this he, I guess, is. See, that's the secret. All right, Stephen, why don't you tell the CITs what they what you want? Th hey, Friday, thank you. All I want is it to be summer all the time. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be great? No school, it's warm, it's bright, the sun's out, no problems. Come on, summer all the time. Yeah. Okay. Right? So dope. dope. We got another one. Les, I know you love that. I wasn't talking to you, Steven. I was talking to Carrie. See, Les loves TV. that. Carrie Ann, I know you love that. Jenny, Dougie Juice, Conway, all of you. You know, just, just, just let me in or come on over here and we're going to be able to figure it out. Summer forever. You all see what the problem is here, right? This is what Steven wants. So we have precautions. It's not just up to you. The wall, for example, we have other defenses, but it is your responsibility to keep an eye out. There are weird things that happen in these woods because of Stephen, around Stephen, Stephen did it sometimes. You got to keep an eye out as part of your CIT training. It's important that I called... That's fine. Yes, Carrie Ann. Um, could, do you want us to just kill him? Would that be, would that be good? For, I mean, for he's you? already a skeleton for the camp. How can we kill how do you, him? 
They take him apart, bury him, burn the bones. Like there's their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, carry in. Just hop on over here and let's do let's go just five carry rounds. On. Come on. Carry on, don't do that. Okay. Come on. Okay. I was asking a question. It's important that I brought you here so you see what's happening and also the other thing that Steven wants. The thing that the first campers and counselors figured out that playing some sort of unearthly noise can keep Steven at bay. It had various instruments that he used to use this, depending on the time and the place and what was appropriate, but now we have something like this. And the director reaches onto her keychain and pulls one of the various lanyards, and attached to that lanyard is a whistle. It's a little gym whistle. But it's not silver. It is black and shiny. Like obsidian? Is that obsidian? It was actually carved out of a uh, the metal from a meteorite, but very close, oh. very good eyeless. Shit. I've heard that stuff will, uh, it has some, some, some properties. Yes. I'll show you. And as the director puts the whistle to her lips, you see Steven stands up straight from his beach chair and he doesn't move or anything. The, the sunglasses are still affix- jauntily affixed to his face. But you see on the other side of the wall, everything starts to die. All the plants and the grass and the vines with the watermelons on them start to shrivel into brown. You see that there are little bugs scurrying away and maybe like maybe a chipmunk that is running away from the oncoming death that is rolling out. Behind it, when it's just soil, it turns into like a sandy gray and then it reaches the wall and it stops. Whoa. Director Lowe puts it back in her pocket. And Steven sits down, and Steven says, Well, I hope you all enjoy uh, the rest of your CIT week. One of you is going to forsake the rest of the group, and I'm really excited for the rest of you to figure that out. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) 